Hawkeye Self Storage in Danville has electricity hookups, 14-foot-tall doors, and 60-foot drive lanes, private bays, interior and exterior lighting with 24-7 access gated entry. They also feature indoor RV and boat storage with multiple locations in Danville and one in Pittsburgh. More information can be found by calling their phone number at 317-745-2700 or by going to their website, hawkeyestorageunits.com. This is Sights and Sounds with Alan Kiger. Alan is a Hendricks County native that talks with your favorite entertainers. This is where Alan hangs out with music royalty. Sights and Sounds is sponsored by Hawkeye Storage in Danville. And now your host, Alan Kiger. This is Sights and Sounds. I'm your host, Alan Kiger, and I'm honored today to have Joe Bonzel from the Oak Ridge Boys. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Alan. Uh, as I talk to you today, we're in Troy, Ohio for a big sold-out show tonight at the Arbogast Performing Arts Center. We're excited about it. You guys are always sold out, and you're always on the road. That's not even my question, but that's always just a, a given. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's true. You know, we're, we're, a, we're a hard-working act. We always have been. We don't even know how to slow down, man. Well, I'll tell you, I want to let the listeners know as we start this off, you are going to be in Carmel, Indiana at the Palladium, the Center for Performing Arts, March 17th. I don't know if you've performed there or not, but it is beautiful. Yes, we've been there three or four times already. Okay. I don't know how I missed that, but somehow I did. We we know the place well. In fact, it's the sister building to our Skirmerhorn Concert Center in Nashville. Oh. It looks it looks exactly the same, built by the same people. If you're on stage at the Skirmerhorn uh, Symphony Center in Nashville, where we've done a couple Christmas shows over the years, and you're here in Car- Carmel, it's the same exact building. It's amazing. Beautiful. I, it's like the Taj Mahal of music places. It really so, is. Joe, I want to talk to you about your book, On the Road with the Oak Ridge Boys. Okay. And again, you have a gift that God has given you to not only sing and perform and be out there on the road, but to write stories that they touch your heart. You can't, you know, you one minute you're, you're happy and you're laughing. And the next minute you have a way to get us to that point where we're, where we're sad and the tears rolling down our eyes. I want to talk about a few chapters in the book. Okay. Some of them that, you know, struck out to me as, you know, hey, this this excites me or this meant a lot to me. Chapter six, the bus. You know, me as a as somebody that loves music, I've always wondered what it would be like to to travel on a bus for a week or two. I was an indie car mechanic. We traveled by the airplane and you know, we didn't go anywhere in a bus, but it was on the road, but the bus, I mean, it, it, you just kind of want to be a fly on the wall. And I think check chapter six describes that well to somebody that's never ridden in a bus for a week or two to what you've done now for, you know, at the end of, end of, uh, end of August, I believe you've been an Oak Ridge boy for 50 years. So 50 right. years you've been traveling with these guys outside of the stories that you read in your book. Is there anything else that you would want to tell somebody? I'm trying to get them to, to read the book that. Well, you know, for, I, I do Oak Ridge boys, Twitter account. And my whole idea for that book was to handle it the way I handle the Twitter account. You just said the words a minute ago, a fly on the wall, make you a fly on the wall in our world. Here's 
the bus, the show, the music, everything, the, the boys, the band. It's all broke down. It was the idea I came up with how to write about the group in this book and to take people with us. You know, here's how we do what we do. Here's how we have done what we have done. Here's how we're going to do what we're going to do. Come on with us and ride. And uh, that's what the book's all about. It takes you with the Oak Ridge Boys. In fact, CMT called it the best behind the scenes music book written in the last 10 years. That was a very high honor for me. Uh, and it does take you back behind the scenes a little bit, you know, as to as to writing with us and seeing how we're doing things. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff in this book. I want to also talk about chapter 11. Um, this is, this is something I believe that every band, every group, every person that has a business model, whatever your business may be, if you would follow chapter 11, I think you're going to be bound for success and be around for a long time. The way you've treated people, and I yes, kind of read between the lines myself. You guys are all four Christians. You don't mind mm -hmm. sharing your faith in there. There was a time, and I think it was Idaho, where you were you were left and had to weren't going to make a show, and you had to you had to rent a couple of uh, private jets to get you there. But then you talked about how later the the next thing that followed up with that person, you made more than enough to pay for those jets. I I read between the lines that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Not only is God good, but if you tithe then you're a responsible Christian and you do what you're supposed to do, God will always take care of you. Well, there's a chapter in there I think you're referring to is the Oak Ridge, the ORB doctrine. Yes, the doctrine. And 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 our doctrine has been very simple. Treat people right. Be honest. Be honest with people. Uh, we work with a lot of promoters, a lot of people throughout all these years in gospel and in country and beyond that even. And we just find that let's say let's say the Oak Ridge Boys. I wrote about this in a book. Pull up to let's just say for the Kentucky State Fair, maybe the act that was there the night before just pissed off everybody. <laughs> the road manager, their band, the the act themselves, everybody just was so demanding. How about this? Show up, shake hands, sing, do your job, meet whoever they want you to meet, do whatever they want you to do, get the check, get back on the bus, and leave. And you know what they say when you're going, wow, them Oak Ridge boys, man, we'll book them back again because those guys really know how to do it right. Well, that's been the doctrine that we have lived on for years. We've helped people out. We've never let a promoter lose money unless he was a real, you know, butthole or something uh, about it. But, <clears throat> you know, we've, we've, we've always taken care of people and, and treated them right and treated them the way you want to be treated. I mean, it's in the Bible. That's what Jesus taught us to do. And we have tried our best to do that all throughout our years. And I think that's why we're still around. Because of the doctrine. Because of the doctrine. You, that's what I'm saying. I think every group needs to read that chapter. If they get nothing out of the book, every person in the music business needs to read that chapter, the doctrine. Well, thank you, man. That's a very high compliment, Alan. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Chapter 13, Old Friends. Ugh, this was very dear to my heart and uh, felt your pain upon losing some of your special people in your life. Um, Aunt Una, Mrs. Lodi. Hammock. I mean, yep. those are stories, and I'm I'm sure there's a hundred more that you've got that you couldn't share in the book. But those, I don't I don't know how to describe this to the listeners. Just your thoughts on God has given you a gift to write with a pen that everybody can understand and relate to. Um, you talk in the book how you weren't, you know, you didn't go to school how to write, but you've been given this gift. You've written songs. You play out the banjo. You're a part of the Oak Ridge Boys for 50 years. 
and then to talk about these people and to bring out the emotions. Um, it brought out emotions that I've friends I've lost in the past. Um, well, the, the, the whole idea behind that chapter was a little more personal than just Oak Ridge boys, although the Oak Ridge boys were involved. Um, old friends, meaning old people. You know, a lot of people don't pay attention to old people anymore. Now that we are old people ourselves, <laughs> you know, uh, you want to you want to listen to them, man. They've been they've been around the horn, and and they've got a lot to say and a lot to tell and a lot a lot to teach. And I have been fortunate over these years that I've met several people that have crossed my path, like the folks in that chapter that have meant the world to me. In fact, coming up this coming week, as we're talking here, uh, we've got the Strawberry Festival. We we open the Strawberry Festival every year. It's kind of tradition. We're there in Plant City, Florida on Thursday afternoon. We're the first show of the Monster Strawberry Festival. It's huge. They have like 30 acts over oh the course God. of two and a half. It's like a gigantic state fair. And it's a beautiful venue. And like I say, it's tradition that the Oaks open the Strawberry Festival. Well, I wrote about... Um, um, oh, oh my gosh. Vivian, Vivian Avalon. I wrote about her in the book, right? Yes, yes. Well, Vivian's coming Thursday to the Strawberry Festival. She's 99 now. <laughs> and she was the old Woman's Army Corps friend of my mother's that I met. Yes, yes. The book, you I, and Lily. It's in there. Yes. But yes, yes. I'll see her this Thursday, God willing. And like she told me on the phone the other day, well, I'm coming. I got people to bring me. So I want to come back and say hey, hello and hug you. And she's 99. Bless her heart. You know, all those old World War II guys and women are... are you know, in their late 90s or they're gone. You know, our good friend, General Chuck Yeager, I write about him in the book. He would have been 100 years old on, on, on February 13th. And we were at every one of his birthdays. We celebrated every birthday with General Yeager from 80 on. And just last year, well, because of the pandemic, we didn't. But the year before that and all the way through, we have been with the general every birthday. And so this year, him being 100, I don't know, man. I went out and looked up in the skies and just saluted the skies, man. Our greatest pilot, our greatest aviator ever. Ever, ever. Do you ever sit back? This isn't in the book, but you tell all these great stories. All the people you've met, the chances to go to Chuck Yeager's birthday party. Vivian, a friend of your mom's from World War II that you right. got to reconnect with, and she had the pictures that she wanted to make sure that she got to you. The, we'll talk about the presidents in a minute, but do you ever pinch yourself and wonder if this was a dream or if this is real life, the way you guys have been? Almost every day, you know, man, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a street kid from Philly, man. You know, I grew up in the streets. My old neighborhood where I grew up is now really not very desirable. I wouldn't want to go back there at all. In fact, sometimes you see on the news when they talk about uh, cities that have uh, gotten bad and what they're doing and crime and drugs and everything else and tents and people living in tents and dying in the streets there. My old neighborhood, it's Kensington, is one of those places. I grew up one block away from where there's like hundreds of tents right now and needles, dead people on the ground. It's just terrible. I don't know why these cities can't clean this stuff up, but that's a political that's a political thing I won't get into. But no, no I, I agree with you though. It it's your hometown. Well I'll never I'll never go back to my old neighborhood again. I'll never go back again. The last time I was there was 10 years ago. And it was frightening there. Well, I had a guy in the street pull a gun on us. Just pulled a gun on us just because my sister was with me looking at our old house where we grew up, a little row house on the street. And this guy went by with a little puppy dog. And my sister said, oh, he's so cute. And went to pet him and he, he pulled his gun. So me and our tour director, Derek Kinslow, 
I mean, I, I, I carry. <laughs> and I had my hand on that gun, too. I thought, my God, we're going to have a shootout right in front of my old house here. But that's how low rent it had gotten. And now 10 years later, it's 10 to- 100 times worse. So it's a shame. The Bible says it's hard to go home again. I, I don't have any desire to go home again there. Thank God I live in Danville, Indiana, and it's still nice and safe here. And I'm, I'm blessed. And thank God my, my parents raised me here. I'm going to, I'm going to jump in. I don't remember what chapter is chapter 14. It talks about gospel music and mm-hmm. how you, the, the band had kind of made your change from doing gospel to I'll, I'll call it secular music, country music, whatever you want to call it. It wasn't just gospel music. And I put a lot of thought in that in my head and I'm sure you have to, and over, especially the last 45 years, had you been just the Oak Ridge Boys had stayed a gospel band, how many millions of people's lives would you have not been able to touch? But since you were able to get out there and reach the masses and come back and bring that gospel music to the people on the stage, the Gaither homecoming videos, God knows what he's doing. And and it shows in that book. I mean, that was a that was a pretty far reach, and there was a chapter or part in there where a, a guy talked about his dad taking him when he was 14 years old to go see a concert, and it what it wasn't the gospel Oak Ridge Boys, and the kid was thrilled. What what's your thoughts on that? On do you do you think God had the right plan for you guys? Well, I know God had the right plan for us. I mean, it's been proven over and over again. But what I tried to accomplish in that particular chapter is still to this day, people say, well, man, what was it like to go from gospel to country? You know, people always have that question. And I figured, let me write this out here and tell the people exactly what did happen, exactly where our heads and our hearts were when we made that change. We didn't go to bed as a gospel quartet and wake up as a country music awarded hit making group. It didn't happen that way. There was a gray area in there. There was a lot to do and a lot to learn and a lot of sacrifices to be made. And um, uh, we got through it just fine. And I, I, I just tried to take people again on that journey with us. You did a fantastic job. We're going to go talk about a chapter that you talked about, uh, going social, connecting with the fans. Um, a story that that touched me in there was from, from John and how he had, I think it was through Twitter, sent you a message and he was going to be bringing his mom to a certain show and she was going to be 85 and you wanted to, he wanted you to do a shout out and the things that you do. And it goes back to uh, the chapter on the Oak Ridge boys and how you do things. You make a note, you've got it in your plan list. You make sure that Derek gets it. It's in your set list. So when you're getting your diet, cherry seven up or your water, you're reading that I need to say hi to John's mom. That takes a lot of thought and a a lot of care, you know. It takes a lot of care, I think. I, I, it's not really that hard. Social network has made that easier. You know, back in the old days, say in the early 80s, you know, people would send you mail, you know, real mail, snail mail. And it would get to the office, maybe get lost, maybe you wouldn't see it, maybe you hadn't been to the office in two weeks and you missed it. But on social networking, uh, people can get in touch right away and say, hey, Oak Ridge Boy, my mom's coming to the show. She's 85 years old, has loved you guys her whole life. It's her birthday. Could you say happy birthday to her? It ain't that hard to write that down, put it in my files I have on my laptop, that I, those kind of things. And that night in wherever we're at, uh, you know, hey, Mrs. Uh, Jackson out there is turning 85 years old. She's a big Oak Ridge boy fan. And I'll even tell her, we heard from your son on Twitter. That's how we know. And, <laughs> you know, make, make, make it a part of the show and, and make her feel good. And in so doing, it makes you feel good, too, man. It's just a nice thing to do. It's just it, it, 
it always, to me, if I'm sitting in the crowd and I see stuff like that, it seems so much more personable and like you're, you're real people, which you are real people. But a lot of people, I don't think I I've been blessed. I get to meet a lot of musicians and singers mm-hmm. and everybody's been very nice to me, but a lot of people don't have that concept of, they just see people up on a stage. And I, I think it brings a lot of personality to the, to the, to the concert. Well, everybody gets a kick out of that stuff. You're right. You do. Everybody does. Yeah. Well, another chapter I want to talk about, and it's kind of two in one, uh, prices paid and anthem singers. All the times you've sang the national anthem, what you and the boys have done for our country. I'm, I'm a patriot. I love our country. I, You guys have got to do some of the most amazing things with yeah. honoring our country. Have you ever, and I didn't find it in the book, and if I've missed it, I, you know, you've been at every every basketball game, every football game, every um, hockey game, and you're invited, not invited back to a couple of places where every time you sang, they lost. But did did you ever get the opportunity or were you ever asked to sing the national anthem at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the 500? Yes, sir. 1982. Okay, I missed it. I missed it in the book, and I—I I don't think it's in the book. But in 1982, uh, we were grand marshals of the uh, 500 parade in Indianapolis, and we sang the anthem and had a real good seat for the whole race. Yeah, <laughs> only Indianapolis 500 I've ever been to. But yeah, 1982, we we, we did take part, and uh, the national anthem, like I said in the book, has got us to a lot of good sporting events. Got us some pretty good seats. Uh, <laughs> my my yeah. favorite, probably of all, was was singing at the 50th All Star Game in, in, in Chicago. Uh, back in the early 80s. It was the the 50th All-Star Game, and all those baseball players that were down there were my heroes. And so to sing the anthem at that big of an event and and to to be around all those guys, we even went to a big thing the night before uh, where all those different players were honored, and we got to go to that dinner as well. And uh, for a baseball fan, that was a really big deal for me. I mean, look, I got on my Philly shirt today. Okay, well, I got on my – well, I have to stand up here. I have on my Oak Ridge. Oh, there it is. That's one of the newer ones. Yeah, that's the last one I bought from you guys, the last last tour you were around. I can't – I got to bring a wad of pocket cash with me every time I come to your guys' show for shirts (laughs) and books, which we'll we'll go to here in a second. So, Chapter 15, Presidents. Um, I've read through your other books, and I've I've read Richard's book – um, and talked about the presidents and the things you've done. But this one here, I think, kind of goes in a little deeper in the relationship you had with the Bushes. And the first time getting to play for a president was with uh, Carter, uh, which, you know, we, we need to be praying for him. He's on his, his last days there that they're peaceful. But what's it, what's it like to be a kid from Philly to get to play for all these presidents? And you think back, okay, you're from Philadelphia. Once upon a time, that was her our capital before Washington, D.C. So you've you've kind of you've kind of felt that. But how special is it when you talk about staying in the in the Queen's room at the White House and you get to do that honor with President Reagan? Yeah, I mean, the night we spend in the White House, I mean, we've done a lot of things, especially because of George and Barbara Bush. But uh, being at their home in Canterbury, so forth and so on, I write a lot about that. But uh, how we met you know, at a Reagan congressional barbecue. and But to spend the night in the White House, to be at a state dinner and everybody go home and you and your wife stay, I mean, that's no small thing. 
And no. I, I don't think me or Mary slept all night long. We kept looking out the window. We're looking out the window with a White House here, you know. I mean, it was pretty cool. And then that morning when uh, the president knocked on our door and said, we're presenting the Medal of Freedom to Ronald Reagan in the East Room, once you, once you guys and your wives to come down and be a part of that. Well, we did. And it was an amazing thing to be a part of. It, it just was incredible. And uh, yeah, I've pinched myself many times over stuff like that. I, you know, a lot of people never get to meet or be around the president. No. And, you know, and we've got to do that with senators and House members. I mean, we've been close to a lot of people and uh, in government. <clears throat> I would never want to do that. But uh, for those that do it and do it well, I, I have a, a strong appreciation for it. I, I'm thankful for what you've done there. I want to read a small paragraph from the book that pretty well to me kind of sums up the book, your, your Oak Ridge boys career. Um, it's in the final personal note from Joe. We want to take you on a fun and exciting journey with the music and such, but somewhere along the way, we want the Oak Ridge boys to touch your heart. We hope you leave the show and I want you to leave these pages with something meaningful you can apply to your life. I would hope that along the storytelling and the singing, you would also see a glimpse of the love of Jesus in all things, and that perhaps that light shines through and touches your heart. That's that's a powerful little paragraph there, and to me, that summed up the book. It summed up the Oak Ridge Boys. I've I've. I've got to have experiences meeting you and being on the bus and that there, I mean, I walk away from reading that. Every time I read one of your books, I feel like I'm a better person that God's put that book in front of me to read for a reason. And, and I, and I start sharing it with people. You got to read this book. You got to read this book. Um, my mom's got it. She hadn't read it yet. She's read a couple of your others. So I'm excited for her to uh, take that. Do you do you kind of feel that's the the life's paragraph of the Oak Ridge Boys? Of I believe that it is. Yes, Adeline, I think you've hit it right on the head. I mean, if, if, you know, as a Christian, you want people to see Jesus in what you're doing. And um, I think we've always strived to do that. Like you said earlier, we try to do things right, try to treat people right. And our shows are uplifting and fun and fast paced. But somewhere in there, I hope we touched your heart. Somewhere in the book, I hope we touched your heart. That's that's kind of like what, what we hope for. That's what we strive for. That's the goal. And um, if we can do that, too, then we're doing our job and we're doing what God wants us to do. And uh, I, I believe in that very, very strongly. And um, I did take a little opportunity at the end of that book to preach a little. Hey, it was my book. <laughs> it's your book. <laughs> but I, I'm working on a new book right now called I See Myself. OK, that was my next question to ask you. When I'm working we, on it. When should we expect that out? I think it'll take me another six, seven months to finish it. I've got a, I got a good start on it, and there's a, and it, and it's kind of semi autobiographical, semi Oak Ridge boy. I mean, you can't take the Oak Ridge boy out, but it's a, it's a fun way to look at things. And I, where I got the idea was from those blue people in the movie Avatar. Remember when the woman said to the guy, the blue woman said, "I see you," and she meant. I see you. I'm looking at you, but I really see you in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that with my wife a lot of times. I see you. In there. I see you, Mary. I see you. And um, I thought of this whole idea of I see myself. And the book jumps around. You may say, I see myself uh, filming a TV show in the Alps with the Oak Ridge Boys. Then the next chapter may be, I see myself on the streets of Philly doing this. 
The next chapter may be I see myself uh, playing the summit in Houston, Texas to, to, to 35,000 people. And the next chapter is Joe and Joey back in Philly again. So, I mean, I go back and forth. Uh, it, it's totally unedited. An editor may not like that idea, but I do have a publisher that's very interested in the book. And now that I have somebody that I know wants to publish it, I'll probably accelerate the creative process here. And uh, I, I love, I've been loving writing this book. If it comes out anywhere near the way I hope it may, then, um, then I'm going to have another good book here, I think. It'll come out better than you think it will. God will find a way to inspire those words, to put them right down there. I got one final final thing I want to talk about, and um, what is hard and what is not hard. You talk about, you know, you got caught some flack from people on Twitter, you know, well, you've lived this life and it shouldn't be hard to get up. But for us to get the enjoyment of the Oak Ridge Boys and for you to read these, write these books and for you guys to write these songs and go in the studio and go everywhere and do photo shoots and you guys don't stop touring, you've blessed our lives. And I know it's what you love to do, but it's a great sacrifice that your wife and your kids and your grandchildren have had to take. And I want to say thanks to them, all of them, because you and the other three have blessed so many millions of people's lives every single day. A a tweet I read, I mean, I I try to stay on top. I don't tweet as much as you guys do, but it's always uplifting and positive. You know, you got a picture of your cat with you or what you're doing out on the farm. You know, it is hard to go away from home. And we, we appreciate the time you've done that. And I know you love what you do, but we appreciate that. Well, there's a sacrifice for everything. I don't care what you do in life. If you succeed at it, you've paid a price. And there's always a price to pay. And for the Oak Ridge boys, it's not hard getting on the bus and going to sing. That's not hard at all. Leaving, leaving your family is hard. Uh, leaving your wife when she really maybe needs you to be home right then and you got to go. That's, that's a sacrifice, man. It's a sacrifice we all make. And... Um, and it's a price we all pay. And uh, but like I say, I, I don't think that life comes without sacrifice. I really don't, especially if you're going to work hard to be a success. And if you're going to put the time in, then you're going to pay for it. Some on the other end, you're going to miss a birthday here and there. You're going to miss a graduation. You're going to miss some real important time in, in maybe a grandson's life that you really wish it had been there for. But then the grandson understands and he's proud that you're an Oak Ridge boy and that's cool and that's okay, pop, pop, and we'll work it out later. And I'm talking about my grandson. He's in the Navy now and uh, he's serving us in the U.S. Navy and he's far away Thank from him for a service. Yes, he's, he's a good kid and he's, he's out there doing a good, a good job and a good deed. But like I say, there's always a price to pay for everything you do. It, it don't matter. Um, there's, there's, there's a price. And how excited was it that he wanted to bring over his friend and show him you that had been in the Dukes of Hazard. That's that's a pretty comical story. The guy's like, well, well it's a it's you. a really funny story because uh, you know, Dukes of Hazard every once in a while makes a big comeback and they're and they're playing yeah. on TV and the young kids love it. And my grandson showed the episode that we're in. Well, we're actually in two of them, and where we're singing at the Boar's Nest with all the people there, and I'm hugging up to you know, Daisy Duke and everything. And, <laughs> and Luke's saying, that's my pop-up. That's my pop-up. Like, oh man, we want to meet him. want to meet him. So they, he brings them all to the house and they come to the door and here I am, what, like 40 years older than that now. <laughs> and he said, well, this is pop-up. And he went, that ain't him. <laughs> it no. was pretty funny. Pretty funny, actually. That was a, that was a great story. 
Well, Joe, I want to I want to remind the listeners again that the Oak Ridge Boys will be performing in Carmel, Indiana, at the Palladium Center for Performing Arts, March seventeenth. Tickets are still available, listeners. If you're out there, I've I've seen the Oak Ridge Boys several times. I'd I'd see them every night if I could, but I've I've got a other stuff I've got to do. You guys put on a great show. There's still tickets available. It's a beautiful theater. For the people that have maybe never come to an Oak Ridge Boys concert, in your words, what are they going to see? Fast-paced, clean show. You can bring your kids. You can bring grandma. Nobody's going to hear anything on that stage that they'll be ashamed of hearing. We'll sing a lot of hits. We'll sing some gospel. We'll wave the flag. We'll throw a message or two out there with it. We'll sit on stools and do some songs from our new Front Porch singing album. And and then end it all with Elvira, Bobby Sue. I'll tell you, we've tried to tried to put Elvira in different parts of the show for years. It only works at the end, baby. You got to do Elvira. And then Bobby Sue's the only thing that can follow Elvira. So I, it's, I agree. it's a one-two punch at the end that still exists. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you, you say the, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought there, where you were saying the, the, the age. You could bring your kids, you could bring your grandparents. Uh, the last time I saw you, it was probably a year and a half ago when you were at Anderson at the Paramount Theater. Uh-huh. And I ran into people back there by the bus. You'd give me a book for Randy Hoffman. And I ran into a girl, and I know her, her dad through racing, and she was 21 or 22, and there with her boyfriend, who was 21 or 22. And they were inside there, and he had been a huge fan all his life. And to go inside as a spectator, and I don't know what it's like from your perspective, but to see people in their 90s or maybe pushing 100, and to see people that are 20, you know, not – there's there was some younger kids there, but I'm sure they were brought there by their parents, and maybe that wasn't their first choice. But these are people that decided they wanted to come see you guys. That's quite an age range of fans. And you know, as time has gone by, and I think since we went into the Hall of Fame, I think that more young country fans are interested in how country music got to where it is today, and they'll go see the Oak Ridge Boys. Uh, they they would have seen. Um, well, there ain't many of us left. We've lost so many the last couple of years. Yeah. My goodness gracious. I was going to say they would have went to see Merle Haggard, but can't do that anymore. But but young kids, I think, are interested. If they're music fans, they're interested in, and they've always heard of the Oak Ridge Boys. They know what we've done. They know what we've accomplished. They know we're a Hall of Fame act. They know that young acts that they go see talk about standing on our shoulders. So, man, let's go see these guys, see what it is that, uh, that, that has kept them together so long and and see what it is they have to offer up there. Uh, a lot of history, a lot of singing, a lot of songs. Let's go hear them. And we do get a lot of young people at the shows. And then we get a lot of young people who grew up in an Oak Ridge Boy family, you know. I mean, we're singing at this big, uh, one of those big festivals a couple of years ago. There was a bunch of guys in the front row, cowboys, no shirt, cowboy hats, muscles, a beer in one hand and a girl in the other. Just singing every word to every song. And finally, I, I challenged them. I said, how can you know every word to leave in Louisiana in the broad daylight when you weren't even around when that song came out? Hey, man, granddad's got granddad's eight track, man. So, you know, granddad liked the Oaks. His son liked the Oaks. He made sure his kids liked the Oaks. And kids today are going, well, my kids are going to like the Oaks. So we're like passed down like an old shirt. I I, I agree. And I, I've got a way sometime when you and I can talk for a few minutes, I've got a way to make that live a lot longer than I think you think you can. <laughs> so that's, that's the subject for another time. But I want to say thanks for being my guest. I'm honored to have you, Joe Bonzel, on my show, Sights and Sounds. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. 
safe travels until we see you in Carmel. Enjoy your show tonight in Troy, Ohio, and God bless you. Thank you, Alan. Same to you, my brother, and thanks for uh, reading. You've been listening to Sights and Sounds with Alan Kiger, sponsored by Hawkeye Storage in Danville. And don't forget, if you miss a broadcast, you can hear the podcast at sightsandsoundspromotions.com, where Alan hangs out with music royalty. Hawkeye Self Storage in Danville has electricity hookups, 14-foot tall doors, and 60-foot drive lanes, private bays, interior and exterior lighting with 24-7 access gated entry. They also feature indoor RV and boat storage with multiple locations in Danville and one in Pittsburgh. More information can be found by calling their phone number at 317-745-2700 or by going to their website, hawkeyestorageunits.com.